The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show covering all the latest and greatest, and not the oldest, but second oldest stuff in the world of PlayStation. I'm joined this week by Jada Griffin. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to talk about PS2 this week. I'm so excited. I'm just jumping the gun. (laughs) This is one of my favorite generations of games, so let's do this. You spoiled the surprise that no one could have predicted. I don't care. (sighs) We're also, we're also joined this week by Mark Medina. Dornbush, I am addicted. I am addicted to video games. Oh, no. That's You should that's ask me which ones. What, what games are you addicted to? I have two games right now that I am addicted to. Oh, okay. And, and it's your fault is one of them. Oh. Yeah, that's right. So the two games I'm addicted to, the first one is I have a friend on Twitter and she her account is basically just a Final Fantasy 14 fan account. Okay. And it made me want to start playing the game and the game is very good. It is. I know I'm probably the first one to say it, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's a fun game. It's pretty good. Yeah. But I'm that... still in a Realm Reborn, so I'm still getting there. The second one is Fortnite. Yeah. I have played Ooh. so many hours of Fortnite these past like two weeks. I'm like... I'm like super deep into the battle pass. I'm on like page five, which I nice. feel like is pretty far for me. Yeah. Um, man, I love no build mode. Who'd have thought that they could actually make Fortnite into a game that Mark Medina <laughs> would want to play? But they did it. That game is awesome. This, I'm not playing anything else except for those two games. This is so exciting. I've well, I've I've dropped off. I need to get back to Final Fantasy 14 at some point. But I like mm-hmm. you started it and. No, you know, no one really talks about that game. I think it's fair to say, but um, I, no, I, guess, I think I might be the only one playing. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, right. I'm I'm still in a Realm Reborn as well, or right at the end mm-hmm. of it. So you'll probably catch up to me sooner than later. But I'm very excited <laughs> to hear about Fortnite. Prowler just dropped this week. I need to jump back in to get him. Uh, his, his oh yeah, I saw up. that. But uh, I'm I'm glad you're enjoying. It. Is there like what specifically has grabbed you? Like if you could just briefly, <laughs> I'm just curious. Well, so Final Fantasy is just great, Dornbush. Yeah. Oh, you meant Fortnite. You I meant mean Fortnite. both. I love both. So. Well, for Final Fantasy, it's just it's something that it's like everybody plays this game, and I just never really did. And I was like, okay, let me jump in, and let me just see what the hype is all about. So I, I restarted a subscription, I started playing, and I was like, okay, I get it. They streamlined A Realm Reborn. So now it's it's kind of weird because there's like not a whole lot of point to like do a bunch of side stuff because then you'll over level yourself past the main quest. Even mm-hmm. even to now, I'm like 
I don't know, probably 10 levels above the main quest. And so I'm just doing main quest stuff and still just staying leveled. Uh, but me and a friend, we went through a bunch of dungeons the other day. And it just, it hit that like World of Warcraft feeling for me that I, I, I played that game for a long, long time. And just being able to like queue up for dungeons and just play with people has been really, really fun. I, I like it a lot. And then for Fortnite, the building has just always been really, really hard. It's, <laughs> it's some, some people are just so good at it. Um, so to be able to just like it just become a shooter has been really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, it the, the shooting is actually like incredibly precise. Sniping in that game is super hard. Yeah. Because of the tr- uh, the bullet travel distance. Um, but I've been playing with friends and it's been a really, really good time. It's been a while since I've been this into like every night. I'm like, yo. Fortnite tonight? Are we playing Fortnite? So I love it. That's uh, that, yeah. It's been very fun. That's pretty much how I was for the first like year of it. So I, I very much understand yeah. the journey you're on, and I'm very excited because it's it's a good season to be in. It it's a fun one, especially with the no build stuff. So um, yeah. yeah, I started. I hijacked the show and started with what we're playing. So I'm just, you know, I just. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I'm I've been addicted to uh, Slay the Spire again. It is consuming nice. all of my life once again because uh, I've played hundreds of hours on pc and it was free on ps plus so it's getting another hundred couple hundred hours of my life every day it's like two <laughs> to three runs at least minimum I'm like oh my build was so perfect but i messed up i love uh, that game oh, Fire is so good i still need to get into it i did i did the download for ps plus but i yeah i haven't mm-hmm. played yet but everything i have i have a few friends who will be very upset that i haven't started yet an off show as well but uh yeah it everything i've heard everyone who loves that game it's like yeah i like you jada i've played hundreds of hours and now i'm still playing it again so yeah i feel like it's one of the more approachable like uh, roguelike deck builders yeah i think that's why it just hits so much it's like it's not like incredibly complicated but it can be if you want it to be almost like darkest Mm -hmm. dungeon where it's yep. like it, you're like okay I get I get this but then if you want to do the whole like min maxing then you're like okay this is it might be a little too much yeah <laughs> it's, for me at least but yeah the game's really good yeah I I think I played maybe a round or two on PC way back in the day when it first came out just to try mm. it but yeah I'll I'll have to jump into it I've been playing since we're doing this segment now uh, a Plague Tale Innocence for the first time uh, slowly yeah! making my way it's real good also a good game I'm yeah I'm really enjoying it it uses the dual sense so well um mm-hmm. for the ps5 up, update like you as the rat swarms kind of come around you for yeah who doesn't know it's it's set in plague times uh it you know you feel the little pitter pattern it, it either strengthens mm-hmm. or, or deadens as you go away and and like even just the running sort of feeling on the dual sense works really well for for just a like ps5 remaster like patch update it's really solid there um and yeah i love the setting i love the world it i was talking with someone on twitter about it i feel like it's it is a small game that feels big and it accomplishes that really well. Um, so it feels like I'm playing a really big cinematic giant adventure, mm-hmm. even though it is a very small scale, mostly stealth based, you know, 10 ish hour adventure. Uh, the, the only thing I will say is just for anyone who hasn't played it, who maybe downloaded on PS plus or wants to play it before the sequel, just like a fair warning, especially early on, there are some animal, injury related Mm -hmm. scenes that are pretty brutal and i don't just mean the rats um there's Mm -hmm. like some pretty open stuff that if seeing injured animals is tough for you it like there's nothing it it just kind of appears in the game like it is very much a thing that just kind of hits you and it was like oh that even shocked me like usually i can take that stuff but it was just surprising um yeah but on the whole for like the story it's telling 
and the 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 era and the tone that it's going for. I think it's so cool. I think the characters are really well done. I can't wait for the sequel now. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. This game's great, and and the thing you said about like it's a small game that feels big. I was talking with coworkers because you know the new one's coming out, and so we were just talking about uh, um, this game, and I was like, you know, it's kind of like Hellblade in a way that it's like mm-hmm. Hellblade is a small game that kind of feels big, and yeah. I even looked up the how long to beat. You can platinum Hellblade from start to finish in like seven hours. Yeah, yep. And I was like, man, you. But when you think about that game, you. Th- think it's bigger and so this game's kind of the same i think it takes like 10 hours and if you follow a guide and get all the collectibles while you're doing it it's a fairly easy platinum yeah but yep. yeah i love this game and i can't wait for the second one as well and hellblade too i'll say yeah. both <laughs> both of those both hellblade and uh, a plague tale was on my platinum list for the end of the year last year so there you go yeah so. was was uh hellblade the one where you had where you missed the thing and had to go back or am i i missed yes yes i missed okay three sigils in hellblade so i had to play through the first like eight chapters yeah to get to those three sigils again that happens there's no chapter select day. yeah hellblade has it has essentially two trophies it's beat the game and collect a sigil in every level because every other trophy is just you get a trophy for beating the level so yep. if you didn't get the sigil that's you're missing that trophy now yeah so yeah uh, yeah yeah each stage has like three or four i think but yeah all, oh, okay. Yeah. All very good games to play, even if they're not the most recent games. And since that was what we're playing, mm-hmm. I think that pretty much wraps us up for this week's episode. Uh, yeah, so man, that was joining. such a good podcast. <laughs> uh, we, no, we did. I didn't even get to do preamble for the show. Just very quickly, some some housekeeping at the top of the show before we get in. Uh, one, congrats to everyone for making it through our our Severance mini podcasts of the week until Severance mm-hmm. Two uh, Season Two comes out. Yep. Hopefully another show captures our attention. Uh, but anyway, I do want to first of all shout out a big project that's happening on IGN. A lot of people have been involved in making it happen. The first episode is out already. It's called Rogue Jam. Uh, the, the first episode aired, I believe, this past Monday. New episodes uh, for five weeks in total will be airing Mondays. Uh, you can find it on IGN and YouTube.com slash IGN. And it is basically a bunch of very cool indie developers are showing off their game to a panel of experts to potentially uh, win a ton of money and even a publishing deal from Rogue, the publishing company. Uh, And you may see some familiar IGN faces on there as well, and some pretty big uh, video gaming names as well, so you can go check that out on IGN YouTube uh, weekly for these five weeks coming up. Uh, Yeah, some of our commenters kind of... uh kind of nailed it on the head it's kind of shark tank for video games yeah um yeah. and so it's kind of so if you you know are interested in shark tank and you like games like hey there you go check it out now, yeah i i actually was involved in the early parts of rogue jam when it came to just like previewing the games and stuff like that i previewed three of the games that are being shown and they're they're I, it was interesting it was those games are actually one of the games i still play regularly like they're <laughs> they're really cool so it's like i i'm like somewhat invested where i'm like i want to see if the games that i was like not involved with on a development cycle but in a production cycle i want to see like where those games ended up landing up like if my words ended up swaying them in one way or another um but yeah i I watched the first episode i thought it was really cool and i'm not just saying that (laughs) (laughs) uh well even if you're not just saying that, people can find out for themselves. Uh, yeah, go yep. check it out on IGN and YouTube. Uh, and like I said, uh, five episodes until I believe are happening. And uh, next one will air next Monday. So go check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, of course, just to mention, because it is uh, the day we're recording this, April 20th, 420 is, of course, a major holiday. Because it's the God of War anniversary. 
Market your mm-hmm. mind out of it. It's known for. Uh, no, it is the fourth <laughs> anniversary of God of War. Uh, they there there was a fun uh, celebratory video from Sony Santa Monica that went up uh, earlier today on Twitter, just saying like, "Hey, we really love and appreciate the continued support for it. We're not yet ready to show anything about Ragnarok." Um, so you know, here in the case of not seeing a thing for a game where people are hoping you'll see a thing because it's an anniversary, I say. Just wait until the developers are ready. It is a bummer, I know, because we're all really excited. But at the end of the day, they need the time that they need to make the game, and we should let them take that time. And not getting to see a thing you're excited about is never an excuse to be rude to developers. So don't do that. But it is a great time to celebrate an awesome game, a really awesome team, and hopefully a really awesome sequel when we get to see it soon. But uh, yeah, just a just a small celebratory announcement slash video there. You can go check out on Twitter. But just yeah. go rewatch the like twenty minute gameplay trailer they they released a while back. Exactly, it's still mm-hmm. good. I don't think it was twenty minutes. I think it was like five minutes. But still, go watch that. That was really cool. What I I will also <laughs> say, if you're a more recent listener to the show and you weren't listening back in the days when God of War first came out, uh, please actually go back and check. We have and you've beaten God of War one or four 2018 go check out we actually did two uh episodes with cory barlog we did one as a spoiler cast right after the game came out and then one at the end of the year when it won ign's game of the year reflecting on the the game's journey and development and a lot of other stuff uh you know cory's done a ton of interviews but i really really loved those chats that we had with him i think they're some of the most like illuminating in dev uh insight game dev chats we've had on the show so go check those out uh for a really fun interesting look back at that game but This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. With that said, we are going to look back at an even older era of PlayStation this week, including... I guess the origins of God of War, the the time when it first began, the PlayStation 2. Uh, as Jada had mentioned, we're finally getting to it. Uh, as Jada had mentioned, we're, we're looking back at the PS2 to follow up on last week's episode. If you didn't listen, we dove into the PS1 classics that we really hope end up on the new PlayStation Plus download lists uh, because the PS1 will be downloadable. Same with the PS2. Uh, it will be downloadable and, and Jada is showing off Legend of Dragoon and Ape Escape. For the PlayStation yeah. 1. Um, this week we're going to the show off my, last week, Jada. Get out I of here. I didn't get to show off my collection last week. I had to go to my storage unit to get them. And I like I found all my PS1 games. I got like Yu-Gi-Oh, Crash nice. Bash, nice. Uh, Digimon World without the cover because I got that secondhand or whatever. That's how you know and it's legit. It's how you know it's legit. And then the last couple, Ark the Lad, like collection. We were talking, Mark had to show off his big old box collections. Yeah. And classic RE1, baby. Like, cool. this is what PS1 cases, like, these are like the nice cases looked like back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's so, the very yeah. tall cases for people who, yes. who are listening, yeah. Um, well, with, with those cases, I hope you brought some PS2 cases as well. Uh, because... <laughs> <laughs> because we're jumping... I see him back there. We're jumping into the <laughs> PS2. Shh, don't ruin it. Uh, we're jumping into the PS2 era to talk about some uh, of our favorite games that we want to end up on on the PlayStation uh, Plus lineup when it comes in June. Uh, we have some fan write-ins as well, uh, as people have been. Thank you so much. If you want to write in to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line PS Plus wishlist, we'll read some every week on the show that we're doing this. Uh, and some people also wrote in on Twitter. One I'm going to read at the start just because it sort of touches <laughs> on a thing that we'll, we'll address as we go through. But uh, to my tweet on, uh, on Twitter, Hikaru wrote in and said regarding ps2 what i'd like to see come in gems that don't have available remasters final fantasy and kingdom hearts for example are iconic but are ultra available as remasters so example uh dot hack one through four uh so they they mentioned a few other games that uh, some other people did as well radiata stories persona 3 fes uh dragon ball z tenkachi 3 the best dbz game Mm -hmm. uh sweet the suikoden games and xenosagas but yeah to to mention that i think there will be some occasional ones that we might bring up i have one that's sort of in a weird in-between space but generally again like with ps1 we're not looking too much at games that have been you know fully remastered or fully remade uh Final Fantasy X is available on everything, so it's probably going to just be available for you to purchase, unfortunately. But yeah, that that was actually going to be like one of the first ones on my list, and I'm like, oh wait, I own that game for PS4. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's very the bundle, the the ten and ten two. So yeah, and an easy game to find. <laughs> and like you heard mentioned, like even uh, Kingdom Hearts, so you can get that entire franchise on on mm-hmm. PS4, Xbox, and Switch by cloud. So yeah, it's a uh, we're we're gonna stray away from those and talk more about stuff that still is kind of locked in time or things that are less accessible to get at this moment. Uh, so we're gonna jump into those. Jade, I'm gonna start with you. What's uh, the first game you want to shout out on this list? Ooh, 
and so uh because you know we are invalidating like final fantasy and stuff i did want to show off my international copy of 10 i've got found this oh, sucker cool. at, a, at a garage sale like when i was like i don't know 12 15 i don't nice. know whatever year it came out um does not work it did not work in my ps2 but i was like this is something collectors wise that i want to own <laughs> so i bought it um but as for games i'm going to showcase i have to nobody's surprise I'm going with the bouncer is game number one. Uh, this was Squaresoft before it became Square Enix on the PS2. If you remember the days when that happened, uh, action 3D brawler, um, kind of like I think Streets of Rage brought into 3D and done really well and with RPG systems. Um, but just excellent gameplay, really cool characters. You can kind of see like where they kind of combined like Titus and uh cloud like outfits for 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 scion the main character his outfit is very 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 much uh i'm yeah, he kind of looks like squall yeah he looks with like sora well yeah i was yeah. gonna say because tetsuya nomura did the the art or the character design for this one i believe and so it's very like you know kingdom hearts character and and i feel like mm -hmm. i would have loved this one if i had had it on ps2 it was one of my first games I got for my PS2 that I officially owned, and I loved it. And I played it all the time. It was multiplayer, so you could play versus up to four players. I could not find my multi-tap for the life of me. I was looking through everything. Uh, all my I would I spent an hour in my storage this morning looking through all my stuff, and I could not find my multi-tap, unfortunately. I did find my PS2 online disc. Oh. Um, uh, so I will grab that. Uh, during while somebody else is talking about their games um but yeah and show that because you had to have a cd to get online on the ps2 originally it was uh it was an interesting period of games yeah there there was also like a back adapter for it right i never did mm -hmm. it but, but um yep. yeah yeah i remember it being a process it's like yes. mostly for final fantasy 11 <laughs> i think Correct. that's like why most people have it <laughs> yeah it, yeah because it also had a hard drive it had a built-in hard drive that you needed oh. in order to play final fantasy 11 because it had to install the the game to the hard drive itself that's why um yeah i actually used my online for the first time for ratchet and clank up your arsenal i believe Ooh. or deadlocked it was either up your arsenal or deadlocked one of those two had multiplayer online for the first time and i was like i'm gonna play ratchet and clank online and it was actually quite fun turning other people into sheep <laughs> as they were running around um it was a blast so i love the psu gosh i love this system hey mm -hmm. insomniac is working on a multiplayer game so maybe we'll get to do that again without having to install a second thing on our system <laughs> um we can only hope i know but yeah the bouncer feels like one i've heard a lot of love for and i it feels like just sort of a forgotten one of the square you know lineage but i, I would really love to be able to dip into that one um mark what about for you what, what's one you want to shout out to start with yeah so i uh grew up with uh, a friend i was as one of those friends where i was always at his house and you know we had ps1s and play final fantasy and stuff like that but his cousin down the road was older he, you know he was uh like an adult when we were kids and uh he got a ps2 and so we would go over there and play and one of the first games he got was a game called dynasty warriors 3. Mm -hmm. dynasty warriors is a name that like people are are familiar with absolutely people are more familiar with the uh like the genre the masu genre right so it's like you have uh the warriors games right like the zelda one and the fire i was gonna say ones. i was gonna say is it pronounced musu i always thought it was so, musau i was trying to musau. be musau oh i've heard musau 
Muso. or Muso. Muso. There we go. Muso. This That's is like a... the Muso. Yeah. Okay. It's sure. the Goldilocks we'll have... of genres. Yeah. We'll have but... everybody in the comments just let us know what your pronunciation, how you pronounced yeah, it growing yeah. up. Let how us did know. you pronounce it? <laughs> um, but yeah, Dynasty Warriors is is a is a genre that is is more or less fallen from grace only because like the last few entries have not been like great. But uh, I played three and four a lot and those games are just like mindless fun if people haven't played them you're basically just like a general from the three kingdoms and you're just destroying waves of enemies which was a marvel at the time because it was it was insane to think about how ps2 even ran those games like i think you know obviously by today's standard uh of graphics like you're like oh well of course ps2 ran that it looks like garbage but at the time you're like there's so many so many things are happening on the screen and so me and my friends we would you know, pick the characters we love playing and, and you can, um, you know, equip different combos, equip different weapons. Um, you can max out a character and then they're like, cool, now I'm going to play as uh, Zubu or something like that. And you're like, I'm going to play as this guy now. And you can uh, each map, some, not, not every single one, but some maps had like scenario objectives that you can, you know, complete. Secret yeah, there's yeah, then, there's like, side objectives like and I everything. Said, like like that's what would make like Lubu come out. Like he'd he'd have very like iconic music, and then and then that's another thing with the game is the game's music doesn't really fit the game. But to me, that's just kind of what makes it more badass. It's like the game is like this like ancient. Like I said, it's like Three Kingdoms time, and then it's like just rock and roll music the entire <laughs> time. <laughs> I love it. And some of those songs are still, they still bounce around in my head sometimes. Um, and so then when Dynasty Warriors 4 came out, you know, it just improved everything that 3 did. Um, and uh, yeah, we we love those games. And then, and then it kind of went a little, I think 5 is okay. I think that's more in the PS3, Xbox 360 era. And then I think they're up to like, I want to say like 8 now, maybe even higher. Because I've nine. completely fallen off. Okay. Because uh, then there's also Samurai Warriors, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of the same kind of uh, deal. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, the game's kind of dropped off. There there are better versions of those games now, like I said, with like uh, Hyrule Warriors and, and um, there's... there's Persona the 5 Strikers. Persona Strikers. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And so it's like people play those and they're like, whoa, these are like really cool. And I'm like, yeah, we were playing those in the PS2 area, <laughs> two era. They were just called Dynasty mm -hmm. Warriors. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's when those games were great. So, yeah, um, Dynasty Warriors is not an easy game to come by nowadays from that era, uh, especially something like Dynasty Warriors 2 is was rare even back then. Right. So yep. um, those are games that I would love to like see return and people get to actually like try kind of see where that genre kind of started yeah i mean you you talk about you know we talk about difficulty in games like nothing was like getting surprised by lubu at the beginning of a map and your character's like level five and lubu is like you should <laughs> you should probably be around level 15 before you try to fight lubu because mm -hmm. he generally would two shot you um they they i think they specifically programmed it to where he would two shot you at the lower levels because you take one hit it'd be three quarters of your health and it's like oh i should not mess with this guy um but there are already ways to cheese them and stuff like that i fought him a couple times at lower levels with uh, when playing co-op with friends um like that's a big thing for the dynasty warriors for me like that those were kind of the go-to co-op games in the early oh, yeah. days of the ps2 those were like the go-to co couch co-op um i, I loved I dynasty warriors 
I forgot to mention that. Like the 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 joy of that game is that it does horizontal split screen and mm-hmm. you and your friend can just play on that and that's another thing that's kind of insane about it is not yep. only were there so many enemies and stuff going on but it could also run two instances of the game at the same time mm-hmm. like obviously you're on the same map and stuff but you did not need to be near each other nope you can be somewhere completely on the other side of the map wow. and it just completely ran fine like i don't obviously my 12 year old brain can't mm-hmm. comprehend you know frame dips and I'm, I'm sure they were there oh yeah that i wouldn't remember but it's like for the most part i remember it being a fairly painless experience and and that was that was the joy of that game is we would just we i, I don't even barely know what that game looks like full screen because i mostly played three mm-hmm. and four horizontal split screen with my friend so yeah. yep same yeah. here great game yeah yeah, it was uh, the only time I remember seeing frame depths was anytime you would activate your your Musao gauge, mm-hmm. um, which would be like once you fill it up, it's like a special that you build up. Yes, that's right. I'm going to say it the way I said it growing up, because that's how 15 year old Jada said it. Um, and so <laughs> oh, do you um, remember like if I think it was I don't think it was in three, but I think it was in four. Mm-hmm. Like if you guys were near each other, you could team like, up and do like, combos. Oh, yes. hit it. Yeah. And then they oh. would hit it and then it would go full screen and it'd yep. be like, whoa. <laughs> and then yeah. it would like you guys would just be there's nothing more satisfying than just yeah. like waves of enemies and just destroying them and it yeah. oh and it had a kill counter at the bottom mm-hmm. showing you how many enemies you killed because that was the point you'd be killing hundreds of enemies mm-hmm. and it was this like you know competition on who killed more kind of deal exactly yeah no i think i usually we used to end up around like 11 1200 because we would go literally we would divide and conquer we would go to opposite ends of the map and we would just kill kill clear out like many like outposts and bases take out guards and then we would meet at the final boss or whatnot for that level and then we would do our you'd have the team up attacks and stuff and you'd see like lightning arcing between each other i think it was was the effect they used to show that like hey you're close enough to do a tag team um mm-hmm. and, oh god man i love dynasty warriors i miss it so much thank and, you mark if you can if you can if you could tell from our excitement yeah i would love to play these games again that would be so awesome i i would love to see them come back that'd be so cool well and for them to be like you were saying kind of the the time that they were probably at their height for that series before mm-hmm. you know it, people started to be less into them and then the sort of spin-offs and different versions of them sort of started to take the spotlight i think that would be a really cool experience for people who both are fans like you and people who are wondering how the genre started to a certain extent Mm -hmm. um so yeah Yeah. those that is certainly a very big series and feels like there could be some potential there so i I would love to see those um in in some capacity because i never played them my my multiplayer experiences on the ps2 were a little bit different rather than uh taking down hordes of enemies i was shredding it up on the slopes and that brings me to my first game for this this week. Oh boy, here we, here we go. Now, little Jonathan, very bad at sports. Not not good at sports, <laughs> but a good no. virtual sports game. <laughs> hey, I was forced to try every sport, but I hated them. Um, I loved SSX Tricky. Uh, mm-hmm. This is, now to be fair, I did originally play it on GameCube for a large majority of it, but did, did play on PS2 as well. I know there's, a, in, in the SSX community, I think there is some debate of who loves Tricky more, who loves 3 more, and things like that. Tricky for me was like the one and only experience that I had with that franchise, and I I genuinely think it is one of my most played games of all time. Um, it For anyone who doesn't know it, it was a sort of extreme snowboarding uh 
basically both trick and racing game it had the two basic modes for all of its maps of either racing down and trying to get first or trying to score the biggest combos and get the high score on each map um and you know as a game that i was playing offline you only had the in-game leaderboards i Mm. chased like this is one of the only games where i chased high scores to like the ends of the earth and would just continue (laughs) to find new ways to not just like I was dominating the leaderboards by like millions of points, but just trying to eke out another, you know, extra trick to get a couple hundred extra points. Like this for me was one of the biggest like score chasing moments of my life. And I, this was your Tony Hawk. Exactly. And well, and I <laughs> love Tony Hawk, but like and I, Tony Hawk was your Tony Hawk. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Tony, I also loved Tony Hawk, but Tony Hawk, I liked using the cheats on cause that was fun. SSX. Oh, I, sure. I played to win. And so I, my God, just seeing footage. Look of, at it go. It, yeah. like, looks, it looks so real. <laughs> this is what the slopes looked like. Like I did, I did grow up doing a little bit of skiing. I never got to snowboard. So there was something exciting about getting to do just a ridiculous amount of tricks because essentially you had, you had a like wild and very eclectic and very early 2000s cast of characters to choose from all with their different snowboards to unlock all with their different outfits to unlock and like. My this was also a game that my mom and I played a lot together that we would compete against each other for high mm-hmm. scores and do things like that. And she loved this game like even more than I did. And we had this bizarre thing where we would get to the point where we unlocked everything. We felt like we were hitting a wall. We would just delete our save and restart from the beginning because we just loved the idea of unlocking things in this game. So SSX is like, I never really got into sports games other than Tony Hawk and SSX. And it's such a bummer to me that the series fell off, you know, EA Sports big label obviously it doesn't exist in any anymore in the way it did and and uh, there are many casualties of it but SSX tricky like really the controls of it were so great I think like the variety of uh, trick moves that you could pull off and the the tracks were really well laid out to let you optimize that stuff um, I kind of didn't care about racing to be honest I found it kind of a boring part of it but like score chasing and you know trying to figure out the best paths for for tricks and and shortcuts and things like that. I this is genuinely I think one of the games I played the most in my life and I loved it to death. <laughs> I think um, I probably put like ten minutes into SSX Tricky because I just wasn't <laughs> big into this. Like I love Tony Hawk, but yeah. I just couldn't get into SSX Tricky for whatever reason growing up. Um, did SSX Tricky have like like hidden areas like Tony Hawk had and stuff like that where you could like go off course and find like hidden locations? It, it would have shortcuts and like multiple paths because it was very, you pretty much were always going because like it, yeah. you know, the, obviously the difference between Tony Hawk, you can control around where you're going versus SSX, you're always essentially going to an ultimate end point. Um, so it, it's, it's more so like a racing game, but the trick mode that's built into it really offered a lot of variety for that. So you can find alternate paths. You can find ways to do ridiculous combos. Like you can... There are certain levels. I think there's a Tokyo level that is like just full of grinding opportunities and different jumps and everything. And you can find ways to pretty much trick combo through the majority of the level if you, if you know what you're doing. So there, it's more about that than like the exploration of it all, which later SSX games tried to do more. And I think there were interesting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, attempts at that. And I, w- I wish they had gotten to do more. There was the one sort of SSX spiritual successor after three that was like a big deal there were some other wii games but it's kind of been a dormant series since we never got to see it really really go to those heights again yeah i think i think my snowboard game of choice growing up was snowboard kids on the 64 that was love that, that was too. my jam yeah. it was such a good one yeah um but uh i guess i will uh jump into my next yeah, one if go. we don't mind uh so hey here's that online startup disc gotta love that for everybody listening it's the 
version 3.0. You needed this disc to get online with your PS2. Um, but I and am you going needed to... your mom to not be on the phone. <laughs> and you needed your mom not to be on the phone. That is correct. Um, I am going with my favorite RPG franchise, the Grandia franchise. Uh, Grandia is an amazing RPG franchise. Um, started in the PS1 era. Uh, also was on Dreamcast. Um, but you play as these characters. There's each one has their own separate storylines, but there's very there's very elemental type magics. Um, the thing that really drew me in with Grandia was the uh, the active turn based battle system, the ATV system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with this system, basically time it like you can um, time is con- you have a bar that's moving at the top of the screen, and then during your turn you have like a limited amount of time to to move around the battlefield to position yourself and like uh, select your attack. And then depending um, on which attack you choose, it'll have like a different charge time. Different attacks had properties where you could like cancel enemy abilities, enemies' turns and stuff like that, or delay enemies' turns. So it was really about, there was such a strategic element in a like a semi-turn-based real-time RPG that most other RPGs just really didn't have. Um, I mean, there were some in the PS1 that had those type of elements, but this was the first series that really captivated me with that element. And it just was such a great experience. And I love just how I could really outmaneuver the enemies. It really made you feel good when you finished a battle with taking no damage and not letting enemies get any attacks off. Um, and they also had like super over the top, like, um, magic spells and stuff like that, that would be play full on like CG cutscenes when you played like the highest level of the spells. Think like oh, wow. Final Fantasy seven Knights of the round, but like, you know, 1% of the time that that summon took the cast, <laughs> um, because <laughs> that summon was so long. Um, but yeah, gosh, I love the Grandia series. Highly recommend two is probably my favorite. The story is probably the, like, it's very cheesy. Um, but great cast of characters, tons of gameplay, um, and just I, it's one of my favorites. I've always can go back to. I was I was going to ask how many like entries were there in total. Uh, years, I want to say there is three. Was the last like new one they made, and that was on the PS2. So they haven't made a new new one since then, to my okay. knowledge, unless I've missed something. Um, but like I, I believe Extreme, which I had, is I believe that's just a remaster of the first one from, and that was also on Dreamcast. And then two was PS2 and Dreamcast, and then three was PS2 only. Um, but yeah, those are excellent RPGs. The only one that's readily, only ones that are readily available are Extreme and Two. Uh, two you can get like on Steam, um, which is why I'm doing the whole franchise and not just two. Um, and I think Extreme is also on Steam, if I remember correctly. But I ha- I'd have to double check that one. Um, sure. But three, I haven't seen three pop up anywhere. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's this was such a big era for RPGs too, so it's a bummer when je- franchises like that can can feel sort of like locked behind uh, yep. time, unfortunately. And and this was the uh, it's funny because uh, so the first one was Enix, Extreme was Enix, so this was before they joined up with SquareSoft like Bouncer, mm-hmm. and then two uh, was actually published by Ubisoft. Oh, weird! Which oh. is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and then when by the time they got to Grand Theater Three, though. It was great. It was Square Enix. So like, <laughs> it kind of like the series has jumped around. So like, you see the history of like kind of like game developers and studios like throughout that period of time. It was there was so much movement in that time with mergers and things like that during the PS2. It's kind of like almost what we're seeing now. Yeah, like where we're seeing a lot of studios come together and do things like that. Um, so the PS2 was a great era for that type of stuff. And you know, it's uh, I was gonna say something else I can't remember now, but like, <laughs> highly recommend, highly recommend checking these ones out. And uh, yeah. 
no, that's a that's an awesome call because I I totally missed those as, as I'm sure some others have, and then others will tell me that they absolutely didn't miss them, and I'm a fool for having missed them. But Jada, thank you for <laughs> letting me know about them. Uh, Mark, let's go to your second pick as well. I'm gonna break the rules, but I don't care because <sighs> I have a good reason to break the rules. I'm go gonna ahead. say the PS2 era of the Grand Theft Auto trilogy. Uh, and the but they just I... remastered them, Mark. They sure <laughs> they <literally> did. Celebrate. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as we all know, the rules were supposed to be like games that are not readily available, right? But you can get Grand Theft Auto 3, San Andreas, and Vice City very easily. But you can't get the PS2 versions. And that has left a lot of people very sad. Because the the I actually find the remasters fine for the most part like the graphics are a little weird but there is something about that era of the ps2 version of those games that a lot of people can't really look past these like remasters and not to mention as far as i know the remasters are still fairly buggy there are things about those games that i just am not sure they're ever going to be able to fix because a lot of those things are visual things that are just like it just didn't translate to the engine that they're trying to do, right? So if you want to be a purist and play those games the way they were originally released, they're not really that easy to find. You can get them, I think, on PC. Is The PC version of the remaster ended up being so messed up that Rockstar actually went back and they had delisted all of them. Yeah, those, that's what And I mean. they went back and added them all back in. Oh, wow. Um, But you can't find them you can't find the ps2 versions of these games like really anywhere right so um i th it's something that would never happen because rockstar would have to agree to it and no way in hell would they say yeah go ahead and play the version most people would want to play no they want to sell their remaster so this would never happen that's what that's what makes it a dream for me is like <laughs> i think a lot of people would love to s play these games in their original form and and to be honest, even the PC versions of these games are a little different than what the PS2 versions were. Yep. They're kind of their own like beast, right? And so to be able to play these games, the PS2 versions running like emulated or whatever on a PS5 I th or PS4 would be like a godsend to a lot of people. And yeah. so it'll never happen because <laughs> Rockstar is just not going to allow it. But I, I know it's something people would really love to see. Well, uh, and me as well, because I love those games. Yeah, I mean, at the, I, I totally get, I think, like the unfortunate practical side of what you're saying. But like, to your point, they are such foundational games for the PS2. And I think for games yep. in general of that of that era and moving forward. So like to have them represented there would make a lot of sense. Like you said, though, to actually want to put them there for money-making reasons doesn't make as much sense so it's it's less likely unfortunately but yeah those are yeah rockstar is just gonna be like just buy the remaster <laughs> yeah grand mm -hmm. theft auto 3 to buy, like you know a lot of people don't know the history of that game like the, the like jack thompson era of like oh controversies God. with that game uh. that game spawned <laughs> for one it, it basically spawned the sandbox genre and mm -hmm. for two it spawned the idea that uh, of of pushing games further than what they are right like a lot of games nowadays kind of like push those envelopes but this game was you know murder frenzy and nudity and stuff like that like the, the just things that weren't really like done at the time and so it, it's a really important game that's weirdly like lost to time uh, unless you just play the remaster now so yeah it, it'd be cool to see that's a good call 
Um, no, yeah, that would it would be very cool to see. I again, a as you said, a wonderful surprise if it happens. But um, you know, <laughs> for now, I guess the remasters are available. Uh, <laughs> yep. I so I have a couple weird ones that I do I do want to kind of get into. But before I get to my second ones, I do want to read uh, one from people who've written into mm. beyond at IGN.com. Uh, Nick wrote in with uh, his PS Plus wish list and said, I feel like it's a deep cut, but I'd happily pay for a higher tier if the original Way of the Samurai from the PS2 era is playable mm. on the new service. Great music, multiple endings and story paths, different factions to join, and challenging but fun combat. To me, the game was revolutionary for something that came out in 2002. And Nick, though you didn't mean it this way, I do really love the idea that they do an additional fourth tier that you pay extra for just for Way of the Samurai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's totally... Yep. I think that's like, and for thirty dollars a month, seven hundred and one games. <laughs> uh, and Corey mentioned, and it's actually a reason I didn't put it on my list. Corey mentioned, I know this is for sure a pipe dream, but the Bond games mm. for PS2 would make me a lifetime subscriber. To this day, I think Double O Seven Nightfire multiplayer is still my number one most played game. Then add in Everything or Nothing, basically being a movie you played on your PS2. It would just be incredible to revisit these games. Corey also being practical, sort of in the way you were, Mark, though. Uh, but between uh, Amazon buying MGM and the Broccoli family, who are the producers of it, being so protective yeah. of the rights, it's probably impossible that, for them to make it on the list, but we can dream. Keep up the great work, everyone. Been listening, or love listening every week. And Nightfire was going to be one of my choices. I mm. I didn't grow up with Goldeneye. I grew up with Nightfire, um, mostly because mm. I wasn't allowed to have Goldeneye at the time, but w- my cousin brought over Nightfire, and then I was like, well, it's in the house now. Um <laughs> And we play, I loved Nightfire. Nightfire was like my first person shooter of that era. I, you know, I got an Xbox way late and, and Nightfire was so cool. I was not a big James Bond person, but I loved the game. I loved its use of gadgets. The multiplayer was really, really fun. And I think like <laughs> I under loved because of the golden eye love, but, um, you know, it was on a PS2. So that was what I was playing at the time. And yeah, I, I adored it. Didn't Nightwire, was it Nightwire, Night, Nightwire, Nightfire or uh, Everything or Nothing, one of those multiplayer ones, didn't they have like the, the grapple hook in there where you could grapple around in there, if I remember I correctly, in multiplayer? Yeah, yeah. I remember using that. Yeah, like that was like, it was crazy seeing grappling back in the day. Like that was so revolutionary for a shooter in the PS2 era. I just Googled it. It was like a cell phone grapple that you would use. Yeah. 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 That was in Nightfire. It was always a gadget. <laughs> yeah, it was a gadget. Yeah, and you could literally grapple up to different ledges and stuff like that. It was so cool to see that on the PS2 uh, era, for especially for a multiplayer game. Like, you know, we get, like, there's a lot of games that have the grapple hook and stuff in it now. Uh, Halo, uh, Apex Legends. There's a bunch of other games that do it now. But, like, Nightfire kind of was ahead of its time for things like that. And I loved it. Yeah, me too. It was it was a lot of fun. I, I adored that game. Um, but just to do my third one, this is a weird bit of a cheat, and I didn't know whether or not to include it next week or this week, because technically there's a remastered collection on PS3 that I guess would be the one to put in, but I'm just going to mention it here for PS2 week, and there are other games to mention here in that regard. But for me, the Sly Cooper trilogy is something I so desperately want to come back. Um, and whether it's in the PS3 remastered version or the PS2 versions, I'll take any of it. I just want it. Um, Sly Cooper to me was like a really foundational part of why I like started to associate franchises with PlayStation as a like first party sort of thing in the way that we do for, you know, Nintendo and and Halo for Xbox and whatnot. Sly Cooper for me was a defining PlayStation series. I I loved, especially as the series went on, the the additions to like using more of your crew to to be able to have more uh, variety in in the series and, and in the levels. I think they started to build out 
levels in a really cool way. I was never really good at stealth as a kid, but these were sort of a mix of stealth and actually just like combat and action and platforming that I think worked so well. And I, I love the style. I love the world. I think it was really funny and clever. I hope against all hope that, you know, rumors pop up every week. I hope there is a new Sly Cooper at some point. I don't think it will be Sucker Punch at this point, but I hope mm-hmm. that it continues to exist because I do think it is such a special and clever franchise. And I, I do think it could still exist in modern day if they just went along with some, I think, like kind of, you know, sensible quality of life and, and modern advancements. But it's it's a really cool trilogy of games that I think for people who want a slice of PlayStation history that they may be missed out on, it's such a worthwhile one to go back to. Yeah, I feel the same way about the series and Jack Jack and Dexter. Like, I feel like those two series, like the PS2 era, we had Sly Cooper, we had Jack and Dexter, and we had Ratchet and Clank. The only one that's continued its releasing of games is Ratchet and Clank. Like, yes, we got like a Sly 4 um, during the PS3 era, correct? Yeah, right? it was yeah. on 3 and Vita, I believe. Yeah. And so, but like, we haven't seen anything from Jack since PS2, uh, minus the PSP Daxter game. Um, but yeah, I'd really love to see both Jack and Dexter and Sly Cooper make a return um, alongside Ratchet on the PS5. Like, I think, you know, Sony's really trying to do these more family-friendly games and stuff like that. Obviously, Little Big Planet and those types of stuff. Like, I feel like it's a good time to bring those back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, K-Babs, frequent listener and writer into the show, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. loves when I say K-Babs, uh, wrote in and uh, did also have a PS Plus wish list that sort of goes across weeks, but I'm just going to mention it here for that very reason. Uh, the PS2 and PS3 Ratchet & Clank games. So, okay, to be fair, that's like 10 games, but the reason is that with... Uh, <laughs> Rift Apart, while it works well enough, standalone is best when you're familiar with Ratchet's journey beforehand, but unless you own a PS2 and PS3, the only way to play through them is PS Now, and even that is missing Tools of Destruction, which, to be fair, is PS3, Uh, but KBabs calls that like watching Star Wars, but you lost the disc to A New Hope. Um, (laughs) So, in general, I'd like if Sony doesn't shy away from including games that have remakes as well, uh, and, and, you know, when to mention on some other stuff, but I totally agree. It's one of those things where it's, it's such a bummer to see people love Rift Apart and, like, fall in love with the series for the first time and be like, okay, well, the only way you can play the old ones is if you subscribe to this service that many people are confused about why it exists and that's why it's being rolled into PlayStation Plus. And, like, it's easy enough to get people to sign on to it, but it's another service, it's another thing having them as just part of the PlayStation Plus collection and being like, okay, you love Rift Apart, here are 10 other old games to go play, just seems like a no-brainer to get people to care about your franchise to me. Yep. But anyway, uh, let's move on to our third and final picks for, for us, and then, and then we'll read off some other quick ones from the community. Uh, Jada, start with you. So I have I have I had a toss-up between two. Um, final Fantasy VII, Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah, this is a uh, PlayStation, this is a... Uh, GameStop cable, but I still have disc, so. Uh, Dirge of Service was such an amazing just kind of side story. Um, that's not my third pick. It's my honorable mention just because I have a feeling we're going to get something similar to it with the Final Fantasy VII Remake Intermissions. I feel like we're going to get a DLC for Vincent. It's going to be like that. At least that's my fingers crossed. Hope for it. The one I am going to bring is another licensed game for my final pick. And this is a Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie's oh, wow. Revenge. Oh, um, this was a... 3D action game uh, where you played as Jack Skellington um, and you had like collectibles, you could get upgrades and where you could become the Pumpkin King and you have fire based attacks and stuff like that. The thing that really sold me on this game and why I love it so much is when you got to the boss battles, they were rhythm based um, sections, boss battles. So think like 
uh, Guitar Hero, but it's just like there's literally it adds a little bar at the bottom of the screen and it literally has there's different buttons and it plays the music from Nightmare Before Christmas and you have to time your button presses to the music to attack and play through the boss battle. And I loved, loved Nightmare Before Christmas growing up. And so getting to play a game where I actually get to live throughout that musical fantasy of that movie, like that was just a huge thing for me. Um, and I would love to be able to revisit that and other people to be able, other Nightmare Before Christmas fans to get to experience that maybe didn't even know this game existed. Um, but yeah, this was, a, yeah, this was a Capcom and Buena Vista games um back in the day so you can oh, wow. like the, the the capcom you could feel like the devil may cry because i believe there was like a score based combo system as you were playing through the regular levels if i remember right um i feel like every game in the ps2 from capcom had that that kind of combo system <laughs> beautiful joe devil may cry nightmare for christmas there's a bunch of other ones i'm sure i'm missing right now but yeah that is my third vinyl pick is that one i loved it and i highly recommend others to check it out that is a, a hell of a way to get around Kingdom Hearts, I would say. As right? A suggestion <laughs> so I respect it. I never played that game. I played a lot of Disney stuff, but I don't know if I ever heard about that game. That's wild. Um, well, now I really hope it exists on this list because I really would like <laughs> to play that. That's such a strange one. Uh, thank you for that, Jada. Uh, Mark, what about you for your for your third pick? I'll, I'll do an honorable mention as well, only because like I know it's a game people would love to play, but I don't know enough about it to speak. I've played it before, but it's called Bully. Everyone huh. knows what bully is mm -hmm. and like you know like people have been waiting for sequels for that game forever and who knows if they're ever going to come so i i'm sure people would love to go back and play you know the originals and all that stuff so um but i i can't speak enough to the game to be like this game's incredible i just know people love it i've bully. played it before but i i just don't really remember it too much i never finished it but i, I did Same. play it a lot at the time and I, I really enjoyed it it was just kind of one of those things where i i lost track of it but i do think there is a mm -hmm. ps4 version for download so i wouldn't be shocked again like with other rockstar stuff if they just want you to buy the ps4 version um but yeah yeah, yeah. totally it, it was a really cool uh, game i think it's a, it's a really good choice that hopefully you know more people should definitely play but my my actual pick is you know what we've talked about it on the show so I figured might as well it's already on PS now but you know <laughs> uh, let so this is me just hoping it continues but uh, Dark Cloud Two Dark Cloud Two is a is a fun game um, basically you are going through maps and and destroying enemies as you do uh, but what you're doing is 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 in each era in each area you're essentially like building a town almost so you're mm -hmm. you know getting you're going through the maps and you're getting like materials and stuff like that to build a town and then you actually get to like build it but it never ends up how you actually built it but it, it's more of just like get the materials on there so it's like you plant certain trees you do certain things and once you get all that done then you flash forward in time and there it is. The town's built, right? But it, obviously it's built the way it's meant to be built and not just me being like trees. Here's some whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, that game's cool because uh, there's two characters, Max and a lady. I forget her name. And then, uh, but, <laughs> wait, do you know her name? I don't remember okay. her name okay. either. I'm like, <laughs> I played for like the 10 hours like three yeah. years ago and I just, I do not remember. I didn't even remember they, Max's they, name. 
they ha- they have like very different like play styles. He's more of like melee. He fights with like a wrench and stuff like that. Where she fights with like guns and stuff like that. Uh, and mm-hmm. you can choose different weapons. So it's like you can have like a two handed weapon and stuff like that. And she has different guns you can play with. And um, but also a, a so it's one of those almost like Dynasty Wars. It's one of those like let's clear the whole map kind of games because like you can open a map and you can see the places you haven't gone. So it's one of those games where you. You're like I'm not I'm not going to the next one until I've cleared this one completely out, and it's really easy to want to do that because the music in this game is very 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 good. So um, you have a little bit of a self incentive to stick around because it's just a delightful game to run around. So the game's on PS now. You can download it mm-hmm. right now. So if you have it, you can give it a try. Um, it's wildly I don't know if wildly is the correct word, but it is very different than Dark Cloud One. Uh, yeah. This Dark Cloud One more has like <laughs> realistic is a weird word to use for a PS2 game, but uh, <laughs> this one is more of a like cell shaded mm-hmm. cartoon art style, which kind of makes it you know a lot more timeless in my opinion. Like the mm-hmm. game still looks really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be my final recommendation is uh, Dark Cloud Two, which is Finally. available already on there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I... That... go ahead, Jada. Oh, I was going to say, I really love the Dark Cloud series. One and two are excellent. Um, I never got around to finishing two just because I got burnt out after spending like 40 hours finishing Dark Cloud one because they had this like (laughs) they had like this hundred floor dungeon you have to go through at the end of Dark Cloud one. And it was it got very difficult towards the end. Um, But yeah, no, it was great dungeon crawling RPG experience. Every character fits their own role. Dark Cloud two. You also got like a mech that you could ride in, yeah. um, that you got to upgrade and put different parts. Uh, like Mark was saying with the the building, the towns and stuff like that. Like every, like you would find, I don't remember if Dark Cloud 2 had it, but Dark Cloud 1 had it where you would find buildings. And you would also find people that were like trapped in the dungeon. And then you would have to match the person to their house, put the house certain places and then go talk to them. And you'd be like, oh, I would really wish my house was near the fishing pond. And then you would have to pick up their house and move it near the fishing pond um, <laughs> and things like that. And that would fulfill special objectives. Um, like, And you wanted to get to like 100% synergy to get the overall like right. big bonus yep. finishing that level or era of the game. Um, but that's, yeah, it was that's really definitely cool. in Dark Cloud too. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Like the synergy stuff. It's like how well you built it yep. kind of deal. Mm. I so. looked it up. Her name is Monica. So Mark go. and Monica. Yeah. Well, there it's we Max go. and Monica. Well, no, you, I, but I, yeah, okay, my whatever. My name is Mark. There's a lot That's of M names going around. That is my name. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> my final Why'd pick. you finally learned it? <laughs> uh, of, of course, anytime, Scott. Uh, anyway, my favorite of uh, the PS2 games that I want to mention last, I am going to do an honorable mention of game I haven't played first, though. Uh, which is Persona 3 FES, which is sort of the like mm-hmm. definitive console version. The Persona series, obviously, like I came to it through five, so I'm I'm very much a newcomer to it. But the love I hear for three and four is is very deep from the Persona fandom, and it's such a bummer that um, you can play P3 Portable, uh, which is sort of a a mm-hmm. different game to FES because it has um, a different story path in it uh, that opens up because you can play as a different main character. There there are some like major differences, and so I'd love to be able to play. The FES version, because I know there's people. There are things that people love about both versions. It's a bummer that we are still in a place where Persona has become so beloved, and we still don't have the easiest ways to play at least three and four, which are sort of the modern incarnations of Persona as we know it. Um, you know, we're in the middle of the 25th anniversary of Persona, and the 
you know, announcements they've made have not exactly been earth shattering or exciting. So I'm not holding my breath. But if there was some way to be able to play P3FES in modern day that was easy enough and official, I would very much love that Atlas. Please, please just make it happen. Um, but no, like to, to Jada's point as well, and to us talking about like, you know, things being available, I would love the Jack and Daxter series, which I actually missed out on, but it's on PS4, so they're probably just going to have the PS4 versions available. Um, I mentioned Sly Cooper, but that and Ratchet and Clank, they have the PS3 collection, so we'll see what happens there. I want to go for a licensed one as well, uh, and that is The Lord of the Rings Return of the King, the video game. Um, I have the fondest memories of these third-person action games where you got to essentially play through the movies. I don't know how well they stand up. I do occasionally see love for these games out there so i i think i'm not alone in, in playing them have either of you played these ones i didn't play return of the king but i put endless amounts of hours into two towers okay so two towers was the one where i put a lot of time in but you would have a similar understanding then of them as yeah, yeah they're they're essentially playing through the movies but they were they had really solid combat in them i think the level mm-hmm. structure that got you through the story was really well done um you know in terms of keeping you through these big expansive movies that i just rewatched, and yeah they're still pretty good movies but um you know in an era of so many licensed games and honestly like a dearth of great lord of the rings stuff since that era um you know with pockets of stuff here and there for sure these were really solid uh tie-in games that i i feel like were highlights of that era where this was happening for like almost every movie and and there's some other you know big highlights that i think people love in when it comes to tie-ins but for the era and for the genre and for the sort of format of movie related games i think these are some of the best around i think they were really really uh engaging in the differences between the characters you got to play as from the movies and, and their different combats they were nothing revelatory they were not groundbreaking they were not like you know some other um shift paradigm shift for third person action but they were really fun really solid and i think great interpretations of those movies and i'd like to see them that said with rights and things the way they are i don't Mm -hmm. hold my breath for them that's kind of a reality where i'm at where i think they were really really awesome for the time but i don't know how realistic it is we're going to get them now um yeah but yeah uh jada i do know you have a list of other games you wanted to shout out but just briefly to mention uh Mm -hmm. nate also wrote in uh, and said, I would really like to see the original four dot hack games make their way to PS Plus. Finding a copy of the fourth game in the series for under $100 is next to impossible. Dot uh, hack quarantine. The follow up trilogy was released on PS4 and the Switch, but there's been no news of a remaster for the original four games. Uh, and then from Twitter, I saw a lot of things pop up, but probably Xenosaga was one of the ones I saw pop up the mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, Garrett mentioned, uh, this is tough for me because so many great games from this era have already either been remade, remastered, or available on PS Now, but Drakengard Eternal Ring from Software, uh, and Dark Cloud would be choices as well as Draken the Ancient's Gates. Um, I loved this game, but it was hard for me and I was never able to beat it. Need my redemption arc. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I think there's a lot of PS2 games like that for us where we were playing just games in general for us growing up playing and they just were so difficult because we were 10, 11 at the time and we were just like, (laughs) I don't get this. What do I do? And then and nowadays we're like, oh, I'm I was such an idiot back then. I just (laughs) did not see this one simple thing. Um, Well, now they might be hard because we're not used to design of the era as much. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, Resident Evil games is Resident Evil Code Veronica X, mm. which is a PS2 game, but it's like kind of hard to like 
And it's not hard to play, but it, you know, it's just it's got the old tank controls and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah. There's there's a lot of great stuff from that era that I think even just in the purposes of revisiting it, like we were all saying kind of at the start, the PS2 is such a foundational era for gaming and for PlayStation and its identity. Like there's there are so many very things we can go through. Jada, if you just want to read off your sort of yeah. greatest hits list very quickly. Yeah, so I also looked through some of the comments and stuff that people were shouting out. One of the couple of the ones I saw, uh, Shadow of Rome was a huge hit. That was, uh, you know, playing as a Colosseum person in the Colosseum and Rising to Glory. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Gauntlet Dark Legacy is a personal favorite for mine. Um, also four-player co-op, which was great. Shadow Hearts Covenant, uh, Def Jam Fight for New York, Dragon Quest VIII, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, and then X-Men Legends, which yeah. put us on the map for ahead of Marvel Ultimate Alliance. It's why we got Marvel Ultimate Alliance as a game, because X-Men Legends walked so it could run and fly and yeah. laser <laughs> blast people. Legends 1 and 2 were so good. I loved the. I'm a, such a big X-Men fan, so to have those mm-hmm. games, they're, you know, the pretty simple dungeon callers for people who don't know them um, of the, you know, like isometric top-down kind of running through levels and whatnot but it played with their different abilities enough so well and like you said set the stage for ultimate alliance i man they're so good i wish we could get those back for just just a little bit just to see like oh yeah this was pretty simple but i'd still just love it to, to have that mode man. yep and um, just a, a couple of that got called out that i didn't mention beautiful joe which i think i mentioned earlier today in the show mm. um silent hill 2 because that original is only on ps2 uh there's remasters but the originals, PS2 only. Uh, Klonoa, Katamari Damashi, which I didn't mention because there's a lot of remasters and stuff like that, but still was uh, crazy in the PS2 era. And then Spider-Man 2. We mentioned Spider-Man last week, uh, but Spider-Man oh, 2, right. we have to bring up in the PS2 week. Like, we can't not talk about Spider-Man 2. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, so big thanks to uh, Samuel Haney, Pixel Positive Gaming, Rodney Wilder. Oh, and he, Rodney Wilder, actually, Guitar Heroes. If we could make the peripherals work, for uh oh, for the ps2 to bring back guitar hero i i kept i kept looking at lists and i was like someone's gonna bring up guitar hero and it's yep. like the 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 chances of making something like that happen are so like weird yeah like, music require rights. peripheral that is like hard to, yeah music rights and like mm-hmm. it's such a strange thing yeah how do you uh i i i didn't get to mention it before but i also i i do want to mention that dot hack is actually a really really cool series that i i loved a lot it's it's essentially like an you know it's like an anime game that you people play an mmo and then Mm -hmm. you get sucked into the mmo um so it's it's that's a really good series but i was how easy is it to find like the devil may cry series nowadays you know devil may cry one two and oh there's collections and stuff you can download easily so like but if you're Uh, looking uh, yeah that's why it's like i didn't want to bring you know yeah add that to my list because i'm like i'm sure those are more or less kind of easy to find but you know devil may cry 2 or devil may cry 1 is like it's that's a very important game because for Mm -hmm. one it started as like a resident evil game and became devil may cry but it's also it's weird to say because it's it's not true and yet it kind of is it's like one of the first like action games like it's not the first action game obviously action games existed before it but it's it's one of the first action games that came out during that era that that still plays how a lot of action games play today mm-hmm. right and that's kind of how i felt about the ps2 right when you when you speak about things like devil may cry and grand theft auto 3 that console spawned so many versions of games that are that you still play right grand theft auto started on ps1 but like you did not 
that's not the Grand Theft Auto that's today. Grand yeah. Theft Auto 3 and Grand Theft Auto 5 share a lot of the same DNA. Devil mm-hmm. May Cry versus Devil May Cry 5 share a lot of the same DNA. And it's like it's so like interesting how much of a like how many how many games how many developers I guess like found their footing on PS2, right? Like yeah. that system yeah. just like unlocked a lot of things for people Max Payne and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Games like that just didn't really exist before PS2. Well, and even, you know, what we what I mentioned at the top of the show, God of War is yep. one that we right. didn't touch on, but those games and I guess like that's the the weird part for me is like Sly Cooper, uh the Ration Clan collections, the God of War remasters, uh even stuff like Eco and Shadow of the Colossus, the remasters of the PS2 versions on PS3. Mm-hmm. I guess I would want the PS2 versions of all those games because otherwise I have to stream them on PS3 versions. Right. So yeah. maybe it is a case of, yeah, I guess I would rather take the slightly less better optimized version if it means I can download mm-hmm. it for for all of those defining PlayStation series. And so, yeah, I 100% agree with that. And then also I forgot to mention Maximo, who was a great, another great Capcom game. Um, but um, I realized the other day, because I've been messing around in PS Now a lot lately, um, and you can't screenshot, like using the PS5 tools, you can't screenshot, you can't, you know, record footage. You can't stream your your footage that you're streaming. So, like, if you want, like, especially for those out there who are streamers and want to like go back and like, hey, let's play all the Ratchet and Clank games, or let's play all these games. If you have to stream any of those, you need external equipment hooked up and stuff like that, which isn't hard in this day and age. But if you're somebody who's like just starting out or want the simplicity for some, you know, for just to be simple with your streaming and just go like straight from your console. You can't do that with anything that's PS3 and you need to stream via PS now. So um, I'm all for getting some of those games as downloadable PS2 versions, the older versions. I think that would yeah. be uh, very worthwhile. I guess I'm, am- that's the, I'm amending the my game's statement. not running on your console. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's you're just getting an image from somewhere else. Yeah. Yep. But so. yeah, that, that puts us in a weird place for all those franchises that are so, so, and I think part of the reason I didn't mention them was because of, you know, the PS3 remasters, but now just thinking yep. about that as we're talking, it's like, well, I guess I'd rather have God of War 1 to revisit as a download than to stream it, mm-hmm. even if it's a slightly better version. But yeah, there's obviously a ton of foundational stuff that we did and didn't touch on and, and so many third-party games that are huge. Uh, so please continue to write in with your list. It's been great to read them on the show. And uh, as we mentioned, perhaps we'll talk about the PS3 and the PSP at some point in the future. Who could really say? No. Uh, so write in with your wish lists for those as well to be on at IGN.com with the subject line PS Plus wishlist, and we'll talk about them on the show. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up for that look back. Uh, I know we're running a little short on time, so I'm just going to blow through some of the shorter news just very quickly. Um, First of all, to mention, uh, it was a little bit of news that broke overnight. You can now essentially update your DualSense via your PC, uh, via Windows, so you don't have to worry about if you own a DualSense and you're using it on your PC and can never update it, you now can do so and don't need a PS5 to do that. Um, Additionally, on that, Sony, uh, according to, I believe, a Business Insider report, uh, is looking into potentially adding ads to games, potentially free-to-play games. Uh, this is something similar that Microsoft is also looking into. It sucks. Please don't put ads into video games. I don't need my shit quattro to tell me I need to shave while I'm playing a multiplayer shooter. Thank you very playing much. Her- playing Horizon Forbidden West, you have acquired the Nora Hunter bow. Brought to you by Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> oh. When you're here... Your family. <laughs> I just, yeah, please don't do it. There's, There are ways to make money via free-to-play games that are very successful, and 
the ads are basically the skins that they do crossovers with. Just do crossovers of other franchises. It's fine. The Baja Blast Shooter. I was going to say, I I just want a Mountain Dew. I want a Mountain Dew themed like outfit for Aloy now. That's what I want. I want it to be the old red and green camo. One of the tall necks heads (laughs) turns into a Mexican pizza. (laughs) Hey, Aloy, I bet you're getting pretty smelly out there in the Forbidden West. Why don't you try this new Dove soap? freshen you up like that's just what i don't want that and i'm it's based on the report it doesn't seem like it's coming to single player games necessarily as the priority but just please don't do this they've tried ads in video games before and other than sports stuff it always looks weird it always doesn't make sense it's always bad just don't do it please yeah yeah that's so yeah it's so strange and yeah it's still a like exploratory phase so we'll see what actually ends up happening but it's dumb and i don't like it um anyway other than that i think the other things to just briefly mention is uh in case you saw this going around kojima confirmed that kojima productions is not joining playstation studios so that is your not acquisition news for the week uh yep aka wait until we get official news don't always believe everyone on the internet saying things uh but that happened uh the writer of the portal series uh really wants to make portal 3 because he's like i'm getting too old we're going to have to make this game at some point. Uh, I would love Portal 3. I know there's some love for it on the same, but God, yeah, it would be great. Por- if they have the Portal right 2, it, it's great because those games are getting a little bit of a resurgence. This, you know, they're mm-hmm. coming to Switch and I, I I think just Switch, you know, like because they're already on PC. Yeah. Um, the, the like little collection thing. I don't think that's coming to anything else but Switch, right? I'll double check. I can't even no. remember. Yeah, we'll double check. Um, but re- regardless, they, everybody says there's no such thing as a perfect game right but if there is a perfect game that game is portal 2 that like that that game i i i can i can find almost nothing wrong with that game it is hilarious from start to finish every mm-hmm. single puzzle you you finish it with just like that aha moment like that game is just great from start to finish people still quote it to this day um it is insane to me that uh that that Portal is not a franchise that they're still wanting to work on, especially since like it pops up so much. There was Portal Bridge Construction Simulator, which is like a great game. And then even the Steam Deck launched with like an aperture, like kind of test game to kind of teach you how to use your Steam Deck kind of deal. Right. And so it's like, yeah, Portal 3 is probably like my dream game that will probably never happen. Yeah. I would hope one day, though, if if he's really like pushing for it this much outside of Valve, I can only hope that maybe one day they are making games again. Um, as well, we... and they are all still there. Like, I yeah. just want to. I just sorry. I just mm-hmm. want to. No, go for it. We just we just did a devs react for Portal One, uh, devs react to speedruns, and is like they're all still there. Eric Eric Wolpaw is the person who said that quote. He was on the devs react. Like they're all still there. So like let's just let's just make it happen. Yeah, let's I, just do it. I think there's a couple team members who left from that original game, but yeah, there's there's a, well, sure. the majority of it is still there to the point where or at least as far as we know there's a lot of people still there that could just do that. That's the thing at Valve. They have like a lot mm-hmm. of longtime devs. Um Yeah. Jade, I know we're we're butting up against the live stream that you have to go help out with. So whenever you need to hop off, just please do. But uh, the other big news for the week that's worth mentioning uh, in terms of its PlayStation relatedness is that uh, there's a new Star Wars game in development at Skydance New Media, and it is being overseen by Amy Hennig. 
who of course you'll know from the, if you're a longtime PlayStation fan, from the Uncharted series as, as well as many other things, uh, Legacy of Kane and, and whatnot. But uh, obviously it was very, very prominent during the, uh, the Uncharted 2 days, left Naughty Dog, and uh, was at EA for some time working on a Star Wars game uh, that sort of famously got canceled alongside the the closure of Visceral Games, the developers of Dead Space and, and whatnot. Uh, they was a very famous sort of falling out of things. Uh, people were very excited for Amy Hennig and her, and her focus on, you know, narratively uh, deep action adventure games to be taking on a Star Wars game that was allegedly around uh, scoundrels and, and that sort of part of the Star Wars universe. And it never happened, but she's getting another chance at a Star Wars game, which is kind of wild. And it's also worth pointing out that uh, her team is also collaborating with Disney sl- slash Marvel games on a Marvel game as well. Um, so it's really cool to see her be able to get another shot at a Star Wars game, obviously with a different team and, and, and new creatives. But I'm I'm hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic because Ragtag sounded really cool. Yeah, she her tweet was pretty epic. She just tweeted out like a picture and it just said, never tell me the odds. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's true because you thought Amy Hennig's like chance to make a, a, a Star Wars game was over. So it's like, it's really cool. This like renaissance of like, you get a Star Wars game and you get a Star Wars <laughs> game. Everyone gets a Star Wars game. And everybody gets to make one. <laughs> exactly. And hopefully they're yeah. great. But yeah. Jada, yeah. sorry, I didn't want to. No, yeah, no, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they're excellent games. I mean, uh, we've got Forspoken, which she was a writer on, or is a writer on, coming out later this year. So, we'll, you know, for anybody who's looking for a more up-to-date project that she's going to be releasing soon, um, yeah, we have Forspoken to look forward to later this year, which is going to hopefully be really cool. I really like some of the stuff I've been seeing in the latest, like, gameplay mm-hmm. drops, but um, we'll see come, uh, what, October now, I think? Yes, I think that's correct. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, it's it's a really exciting time for new Star Wars games, but we don't have any details on it. We don't know, you know, how it's going to shape up, what sort of uh, mechanics it might have, any of that. But we'll have to wait for more info because that's the same on the Marvel game. But yeah, really exciting update there for uh, especially fans of that Uncharted 2 era of things. But uh, moving on from there, just before we wrap up, going to read one quick memory card and then we'll wrap up. Uh, This one came from Sean, who wrote in with a PS2 specific memory card for the week. Uh, Sean wrote in and said, long story short, back when the PS2 was being released, I worked at a Babbage's at the Staten Island, New York store for the holiday season. Through a family friend, I thought I had a system for the holiday, but it fell through. The friend paid me back the money at the time. Now I had no system and a whole bunch of games, accessories, and DVDs for a system I didn't have. So on Christmas Eve, I had to work, and as I recanted uh, my tale of woe to my coworkers, the manager at the time told me that a customer who was called multiple times never picked up their system, and if I could have someone come and pay for it, it's mine. Uh, with much haste and excitement, I called my parents, and my mom came with my money to purchase the system. They double-wrapped the system in extra bags and escorted my mom out to her car. I was super excited for the rest of the day, and Christmas was saved. I still have that original system and it still works even if it takes a little while to read the disc at first. And I just kind of love that they like shepherded his mom out the door like shh shh we're going <laughs> to hush hush on this yeah. PS2. We don't want anyone to find out. <laughs> it I think it speaks to the excitement around those uh launches during the holiday seasons is mm-hmm. you know obviously we saw that with the PS5 but it's really hard to get them during the holidays. Um, yeah, and apparently I've heard that you can actually start to find PS5s in stores. Like, it's not going to be something that you're going to just walk in and see. But people have woken up and check and checked Target's app, and it's like you have 
we have one in stock, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, who knows if they're actually ever hitting the shelf, but I've thought about it and I was like, if I ever found like a PS5 right now, like I would probably do the same. I'd be like, wrap it up because you'll get, <laughs> you know, not that you're going to get like mugged, but I can imagine somebody stopping you in the store, stopping you in the parking lot and being like, yo, do they have more of those? Yeah. Can I buy that? <laughs> so, <on> yet? <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Or can I just buy that off of you? So it's, it's definitely like, it's an exciting time. The last time I experienced stuff like that was with the Wii. Yeah. Like, the Wii was so hard to find. And when I finally got one, I was mm-hmm. like, it's like under my jacket. I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. The, um, uh, the, I believe it was gamesindustry.biz that reported there was a big restock in the UK. And so we saw a lot of PS5 games jump up the, the sales in the last week to the, mm. to the top of the charts Makes as a sense. result of it. So yeah. Hopefully more of you out there are getting your PS5s. But Sean, thank you so much for writing with your memory card. If you want to write in with a happy, sad, weird, wacky, whatever memory of your PlayStation gaming life, write in to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card and we'll read them on the show. But that is pretty much going to do it for us on this week's episode. Mark and Jada, thank you so much for joining me as always. Yeah, you're I mean, it's, you're welcome. <laughs> PS2 week, I wouldn't have missed it for anything. And thank you to Red, our producer, for making this show happen, as always, behind the scenes. Uh, Hopefully we didn't break anything too much as we went along. And thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. We hope you're doing well, and we hope you're staying safe. And as always, beyond. 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 Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays, available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.